0: Hi, hello and welcome. This is the cast where we interview emerging professionals, entrepreneurs and academics. And uh, today we have with us on the show, uh, Myra Thawfeek. She is the Don Rodzick Family Chair in Law and Entrepreneurship at University of Windsor. Uh, hi, Myra, how are you? Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for taking the time uh, to be on the show and I want to start by talking about your background. Uh, Can you share your professional and personal background?
1: Uh, yes, I'm a, a law professor at the University of Windsor. I, quali- I sort of studied uh, law at McGill University and practiced law in the province of Quebec for a while before I received my, first, my academic appointment at the University of Windsor in 1991. Uh, I was born in Montreal and uh, consider, still consider myself a Montrealer, even though I've been away for a long time. Uh, But my work uh, has generally been in the area of intellectual property, most prominently the area of copyright. Uh, But over the last 15 years, I've really become involved in um, capacity building and intellectual property literacy for startups and entrepreneurs, because I noticed in my own work and my work on my university campus that there were significant gaps in in skills and and uh, knowledge around intellectual property um, when uh, you know in the various um, uh, you know uh, among the sort of the various support intermediaries for entrepreneurs like incubators and accelerators Um, and so I've been working at trying to develop both programs themselves and uh, influencing policy decisions around how to create a more um, auspicious IP environment for Canadian companies.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's particularly great. Um, so I was reading about your background and you obviously have done extensive research in the area of copyright and also um, uh, the challenges I mean, um, the challenges that Canadian uh, entrepreneurs might face uh, as they deal with patent disputes and how the universities might not be equipping uh, the entrepreneurs to deal with these battles. So can you, uh, can you talk about both your, your research in uh, copyright law and also about this, uh, this disadvantage uh, facing uh, Canadian entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll take them both. They're both quite different in the sense that generally my research in copyright has been quite sort of traditional within the law, the, the legal academy. And uh, I'm particularly, and I know it probably isn't really sort of uh, where you're, you know, where your podcast is focused, but I was, I've been doing a lot of work on trying to understand Canada's early intellectual property laws. So what was it that first... Um, you know, why did we first pass our first Copyright Act and our first Patent Act? So I'm talking about way back, like the 19th century. So the work I've been doing in copyright has been trying to match sort of the policy that drove us to consider copyright and patent in the first place in the 19th century to see if we can't sort of tease out from the historical record some understanding that could help inform how we operate today. Sort of what are the principles or policies underlying, you know, I was looking mostly at copyright, but you can't you know look at copyright without also looking a little bit at patents. and, and to try and find insight to help policymakers sort of make maybe better decisions about what uh, copyright law and what patent law are really intended to do. Um, and so that's that's been sort of the research focus in in, in that one area. But the other side of it has been about looking at what kinds of um, skills, what kinds of knowledge, what kinds of insights can we gather from the way in which Our intellectual property laws are operationalized in practice by entrepreneurs, by Canadian companies. And what are some of the the significant um, pitfalls or obstacles that they're facing that um, uh, impede their success, especially in a global context? And so that's taken me into this area of trying to sort of provide more depth of knowledge to Canadian companies, because one of the things that happens routinely um, is you know, Canada is sort of a fairly safe and kind of you know kind, I mean not you know, I don't want to overstate it, but there's a sort of a gentler kind of approach to intellectual property, to sort of company you know startups. And, uh, and we find then that once they leave, Canadian companies or Canadian patent holders leave the country uh, and try and sort of establish themselves. Or try and sort of use their patents in other countries. And obviously, the United States, because it's our closest neighbor and our sort of most, our strongest sort of uh, economic partner. Um, you know, the United States comes to mind as a, as a jurisdiction where they're much more aggressive at, um, uh, you know, Creating incentives at the policy level, but also at litigating uh, in in patent uh, patent claims, even frivolous ones, so that the litigation becomes a strategy to try and um, weaken you know, uh, let's say a Canadian competitor, uh, even though on the face of the record, the patent itself that the the American company, just to give an example, that the patent itself may not be the most solid or strongest, uh, but just the threat of lawsuit can have a seriously damaging impact on the ability of a Canadian company to push forward. If nothing else, they lose momentum while they're trying to figure out how to deal with the potential for litigation. And so this, especially in the patent area, seems to happen time and time again, uh, that Canadian companies get confronted with this sort of much more aggressive, sort of some call it predatory approach to keeping competition out. And we don't have the the tools or skill sets just yet to be able to manage that appropriately so that Canadian uh, companies can effectively compete so that the field is level for Canadian companies as they expand globally. So I hope that answered your question.
0: Uh So what kind of skills do you think can help uh, cover this gap?
1: Well, there are a number of initiatives at the... That both provincially and federally in Ontario and other provinces across the country that to try and sort of at the policy level provide more tools and resources. So one of the ways in which um, the policymakers have looked at uh, helping Canadian companies is by sort of, you know, adopting the philosophy that their strength in numbers And so rather than having an individual Canadian company kind of have to fight sort of the good fight across the border on its own, we've created sort of structures of collective um, patent pools or patent uh, collectives. One at the federal level is the Innovation Asset Collective, which um, is a a, a sort of an agency that provides services in the data-driven cleantech sector, including... Um, helping uh, Canadian companies, sort of giving them more bulk in a way by having um, a, you know, a a cluster of of clean tech companies um, that, you know, have common interests in pushing back on um, predatory practices outside of our borders. So that's one way is to actually sort of create clusters or pools of uh, IP right holders um, and provide them with the tools to be able, you know, to work to collaboratively to push push against some of the um, more more significant uh, negative outcomes of the global patent, particularly patent environment. Um, uh, other initiatives for me is particularly in relation to education and awareness that the more uh, companies, company founders. Um, uh IP experts sort of understand the need for strong IP strategic thinking that that will help sort of promote a better kind of innovation and IP sort of strategy culture uh, in the in among companies that will help maybe support them sort of as they deal with again this kind of um uh difficult international environment and so it it, for me it's it's always it's for me it's rooted in education um peer learning Experiential learning, best practices to try and empower the individual to be able to sort of withstand and, and know how to navigate this system.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Um, so, University of Windsor um, is uh, collaborating with OCADU to launch a new course uh, about intellectual uh, property for creative uh, professionals. So can you talk uh, more about this uh, course and more about the collaboration?
1: Yes, actually, I'm very excited about this initiative. Obviously, as a copyright expert, this sort of working with creative entrepreneurs is much closer to sort of my intellectual property law comfort level. Um, But I see this also as a sort of um, uh, a fundamental issue in terms of uh, the way in which we are Canada is approaching, you know, issues around entrepreneurship and IP, because the focus has been very, very strongly on the patent side. So we've been really sort of whatever resources, whatever, you know, informal or formal networks that have been developed have really been Uh, focused on sort of the STEM disciplines, so science, technology, engineering, and math, and the the innovations and ideas that come out of those disciplines, which tend to be protectable um, in the intellectual property framework via patents. And we haven't paid as much attention to empowering creative entrepreneurs, so those that are sort of musicians and artists and poets and designers and uh, filmmakers, in the same way to sort of give them the tools to develop strong IP strategies to enable them to, uh, you know, commercialize their, um, their creativity uh, in a way that, you know, achieves sort of the maximal results, both for that, them and for, of course, the Canadian economy. So it's a very to me it's a long overdue initiative uh, to be able to bring the same kind of IP strategic thinking um, that we've you know we've been working on in the stem fields to bring them to the creative arts uh, and so this partnership with OCAD U is is, a, is to me you know a really really important initiative um, it it's um, it's it's obviously OCAD U is a natural partner uh, they have a, a program you know within their own program um, uh, Programs, they have, uh, uh, they offer a minor in entrepreneurship, um, but very often sort of in any entrepreneurship programs, whether in business schools or in, you know, either STEM or, or art schools or, or creative art schools, the entrepreneurship programming doesn't include very much intellectual property, uh, if at all. Uh, and so adding this component to what they already do as they teach their students how to be creative entrepreneurs um, to, is, 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 I mean, it's essential uh, as, a, as a, I mean, to me, and I guess I should sort of come right out and say it, sort of basic intellectual property skills to me is an essential sort of, um, is essential for today's entrepreneurs, regardless of what kind of business they go into. Um, that you can't sort of ignore the potential of your trademark, for example, or your copyright or your industrial designs to be able to sort of leverage um, uh, your as, as to use as a commercial asset separate from your actual core activity. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, my goal is to make sure that we embed intellectual property thinking in every area in which we're offering entrepreneurship education in Canada. And so this one is a very particular, it's, as I said, I'm very excited about it. Um, I think it's, it's a long overdue attention to the creative sector that can drive, uh, you know, growth in our economy um, and that can not only that, communicate uh, ideas and, 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 and um, you know, forms of creative experience. Expression that are that give voice to Canadians, um, and so I I, I think there's sort of at multiple levels. This is a, a really important project. Um, it's funded by you know sort of an initiative by eCampus Ontario that that uh, solicited applications for courses or programs that could be developed uh, and delivered. Um, Fully, kind of online. Uh, so, so the, the course that will be developed will be available on the Campus Ontario website as an e learning um, program.
0: Uh-huh. So, this is something that both OCADU and University of Windsor students can can take online. And uh, in terms of um, launch date, um, you're planning to launch this uh, next year
1: that's correct I think the uh, our timeline is to launch next year and it isn't limited to University of Windsor students or OCAD students when it goes up on the campus Ontario website anyone in you know in Canada in Ontario certainly um, will be able to access the program under a very generous um, uh, open access license so so it's actually pro it's content that 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 goes beyond sort of the two universities that are uh, constructing this course and and, and creating it, um, but you know what it could mean, for example, and what OCAD U is going to do with the the content is transform it into a for credit or certificate course. Um, so you could take any university can take that that the, the 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 program that's up on the eCampus Ontario website and 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 offer it as a for credit, um, you know, add L. Sort of create sort of a course around it, so it, it it is actually sort of has a and that's the appeal. The appeal as well is it will it it will be available more more broadly than uh, it's, it won't be limited to the two universities.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. So uh, you've been um, at university or at of Windsor for a long time, 19, 20 years, I suppose. Um, Thirty so- years. Oh, 30 years.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you,
0: so, so did you join 81 or 91? 91. 91. Okay. That's, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, 30 years. That's such a long time. <laughs>
1: it is so, a very long time.
0: <laughs> and, uh, what do you like about um, the university? You have had such a long relationship. Um, so what do you like about working there? Anything, anything that draws you? Uh.
1: Multiple things. First of all, I mean, University of Windsor, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a small campus, but it's uh, a comprehensive university. So what that means is we have virtually every discipline, sort of including satellite, Western Satellite Medical School, a nursing school, uh, engineering, um, so law school. So there are a lot of sort of very professional programs and and strong kind of undergraduate programs in a small campus. So it means you could get to know people well, work collaboratively uh, in a multidisciplinary context more easily, I think, than in larger institutions. But for me, the the the, the real draw and, and the the the, uh, the the reason I've 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 been there for so long is really about the law school. The law school is, is, I think, the gem of the University of Windsor, although, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but um, the law school has had a strong sort of philosophy or approach of access to justice, sort of deal with social justice issues, um, as well as, you know, areas of of transnational and sort of, you know, cross-boundary, because, of course, Windsor is right at the border with the United States, so Detroit is, is very, very close uh, close by and so it it the 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 border sort of city kind of creates its own uh, energy around um, you know international transnational uh, comparative law and in the area of intellectual property law that's a very important sort of component so so my work kind of has been um, um, stimulated and encouraged because of, of the, the, the law school itself, its its social justice and access to justice orientation coupled with this sort of cross-border, um, the inevitable kind of Border uh, that we are with a bridge that we see looming all the time that's created particular emphasis on, you know, building bridges and relationships between jurisdictions. And that's in intellectual property law is a very important aspect. So the law school and the law school has provided me with, you know, incredible opportunities um, and to grow, to grow as a scholar, to grow as a teacher, to do community outreach. Um, So I have nothing, you know, but um, praise for the law school and what it's given me. Uh, and you know, so that, that you know, I'd say the University of Windsor is a very, very particular place with its own uh, advantages, but my, my heart is really tied to sort of the work that the law school and my colleagues at the law school do. And I should explain for those of you who don't know, law schools law schools are quite siloed. So it's not that the campus isn't sort of a congenial or inviting place, but it's just that as a law law schools tend to be based you know their own buildings with law libraries in one building, and we tend to sort of stay within kind of the four corners of our environment, and that means that maybe sometimes the relationship or the sort of the the connection to the rest of campus uh, isn't as uh, pronounced but over the last sort of 15 years since i've begun working on this ip literacy for for non-lawyers effectively for entrepreneurs that's brought me into a much larger kind of uh, realm with a a, a wonderful network of individuals on campus working in the area of entrepreneurship whether in the business school or through the on-campus Accelerator, uh, the epicenter, whether through our technology transfer office, um, I've really sort of, uh, in you know, I, I think there's sort a, of a special cluster uh, working in the area of innovation and entrepreneurship uh, at the University of Windsor. So I don't know; it's a long way to say um, I've been there a long time. You know drawn to the law school and law school's mission. And over the last 15 years, much more to what the campus is doing in the area of entrepreneurship uh, and the networks I've developed there.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, Thank you for uh, sharing that. You have a a long history and relationship with the university, and there's definitely great things happening there. So thank you uh, for talking about that. Um, well, Myra, it has been very nice speaking with you and learning about copyright and the upcoming course and your background. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show.
1: Thank you. And thanks for doing this. Thank you for inviting me. And I, uh, I wish you the best success with this podcast and uh, in future. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you get a chance to learn about Myra Tawfiq and her background in academia and about the university and also about the great course that they are launching next year uh, to um, teach creative professionals about uh, intellectual property. Uh, So definitely stay tuned for this course. It will be available next year through eCampus Ontario uh, and and anyone will be able to access it. So uh, stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening to Zonecast and stay tuned for more episodes.